0: Coming up, Justin Housman and I break down the world of adventure vehicles, cars, wagons, trucks, SUVs, vans. We hit it all right after this. This episode of The Rock Flight is brought to you by Long Weekend Coffee with four varieties of beans. Long Weekend is the best coffee to start your outdoor adventures every day, not just on the weekend. Head to longweekend.coffee and be sure to enter the promo code ROCK10 when you check out for 10% off of your first order. Long weekend coffee. More weekend, please. We're also brought to you by Rock Fight, maker of the Rock Fight podcast. Head over to rockfight.co to see the entire catalog, back catalog of the Rock Fight podcast. Now, let's get the show started. Welcome to the Rock Fight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree the today justin and i are going to be chatting a little bit about adventure vehicles but before we get to that we had some follow-ups to last week's conversation um not really about our conversation about jorts or what to wear in the outdoors which i thought was going to garner some hate because uh, we were pretty opinionated listening that back on some of those topics but it's actually there's a fair amount of uh, hate uh, your way uh, justin about denver mm-hmm. i think yeah. some i think karma may have come through a little bit you know the nuggets kind of you know, picked off the Lakers in a clean sweep. If I'm not. You think mistaken. that's what? You think
1: that? You think that uh, was my fault?
0: Well, you know, and the Celtics just made it interesting last night. We're recording this on Friday, the 26th, and they're they're went from 3-0 to three two. So it's like, did God, you, I wish did that
1: w- I, I wish I did have something to do with that. That would be such. Would that be better? I don't know if that'd be better. I, or worse. did you
0: know you had that power.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I do that with the Dodgers. Like, if I wear the hat one day and they lose, I'll switch it up. I mean, I'm very superstitious about that sort of thing. I guess there is some sort of like chaos theory element that might. Argue that, you know, if I talk shit about Denver, someone heard it and drove their car slightly differently, which like (laughs) affected something, which affected something, which meant LeBron could not hit a goddamn three in the fourth quarter. But whatever. Anyway, what now? People are mad at me about Denver. Have these people been to to Denver is what I would be the question I would ask them. Have they ever been there? It's they ever been to Denver.
0: I I would say as a city and a place to visit, I've had good times in Denver. I think it gets it's just overrated. I think that's kind of what it comes to. It gets a lot of love that I don't know is necessarily deserved compared to other American cities.
1: I've been to Denver and Salt Lake City like 8 million times each. I cannot tell you the difference right now. Like if I'm picturing being in like downtown, I can't. Was I in Salt Lake City? Was I in Denver? It's really hard for me to remember which is which. They're very similar for someone who doesn't live there and just kind of shows up. But at least Salt Lake City is... Like you could ride your bike to the mountains. I mean, I oh, don't yeah. like Denver's like mountain town thing is such bullshit. I mean, it's in the plains. <laughs> like <laughs> Fresno is closer to the mountains than Denver is. Yeah. It's just, that's my, that's my
0: issue, I guess with Denver, that's the big beef. I mean, and everybody it, has that. I definitely it's have so that So
1: big. It's just sprawling. It's just like, Jesus Christ.
0: I'm it's sure it's a big. bigger city, but I feel like I've had better city. But I, I, I think Salt Lake's a better city experience. It's easier to get around. You know, there's yeah. like I feel it's got good restaurants. It's got all the things you want in a city. And to your point, the access. There's not a better city like city, like a true bustling, like metropolitan and, and Salt Lake small. I'm not saying it's not that's uh, huge. It's not like it's not Chicago, but there's not a better city with the, the, There's not a city that doesn't have better access than Salt Lake. I mean, it just it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. And, and taking the it's beach also, out of it, obviously.
1: It's also not effectively in the Plains, which is what I just keep coming back to. I mean, like when you land in Denver, you're like, oh, like, OK, I'm in the Midwest. Like, this is not yeah. like I I just crossed the board, the boundary into the Midwest. So that's where you are, whether you want to admit it or not. You're yeah. The, the first time
0: I flew out there, I came out on the, the east side of the airport. And I was like, wait, did we go to the right place? Yeah, this <laughs> it's it. like, what the heck? Rocky Mountain what? I mean, yeah. the horse is
1: cool. That horse is, I like the horse, the airport horse, horse cool. whatever that thing is yeah. called. I mean, that's great. Uh, you know, there's good beer and stuff. I mean, I'm sure it's a very pleasant place to.
0: See, uh, I have a complicated relationship, though, because yeah. then I get mad at the Boulder people for essentially writing off Denver altogether because Boulder has this true bul- bubble of the people who just want to think we got to be in Boulder, man. We can't leave B- Boulder. We got to go do Boulder stuff. And it's like, yeah, but there's a city down the road that actually has like more stuff like from a, from a cultural perspective. I've never uh, you're been to not, Boulder. Yeah, you're lucky.
1: I don't, I, I mean, I've been to, I've been to <laughs> Denver a lot. I've been to like Vail to, because it was close to sure. where it was in the time. I've been through Aspen once. I haven't spent a ton of time in Colorado. I'm sure there's a lot of amazing things there. I mean, uh, obviously, but,
0: uh. Most of the best man. stuff is not in the front range. I think you know, you got to get in the Western stuff, but yeah, no, but, uh, the Nuggets advance your Lakers are, are out, which I guess. Good the, for the Nuggets. Guy. I can't.
1: Good for the good for the Nuggets. I know you hate yeah, that I, name. I agree. But good for good good for them. How
0: could you be upset? well it's not That's their good. fault that they have the worst named sports franchise in the in the world? I mean, they're just, they're just, good, they're uh, a good basketball team.
1: I'm just happy for Dekembe, you know? Like he's probably excited.
0: <laughs> was he a nugget? Yeah. yeah I guess right? he was a nugget. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure huh. he was. Oh, and the other thing I want to talk about from last week's episode that before we get into today's, into into today's topic, so um about button downs. And I've been pretty hateful on the space mm. about about button downs. And I think I came to a conclusion that I was probably should have been a little bit more specific. So, uh, two days ago, my my gravel bike had been had been in the shop. You know, I'm not a I'm not a home repair bike guy. People, you know, come at me. You can yell at me all you want. I don't care. I love my wrench. I'd rather take it to him and have him fix stuff for me. So I had my bike kind of being worked on, and it was that kind of afternoon where the May gray down here hadn't burned off, but the sun really didn't have a lot of strength. So it was a little cool, but it wasn't jacket cool. And I was just Mm -hmm. going out for a quick ride. had a t-shirt on. I'm like, I want to throw something else on. I'm like, you know, we just did this whole thing about button downs. Let me throw on the button down. And I grabbed sort of like an old, like, I don't know, like an old Navy style, like button up flannel that I wore. It's very soft, kind of, you know, really nice kind of, it's not a nice shirt, but it's a, it's a very comfortable shirt. And I wore that on my ride and I actually quite enjoyed it. And I think the thing that I probably should have been more specific about all along is, when I'm picturing the button down in my head, when it makes me angry seeing people recreating it and it's truly like the outdoor retailer, like outdoor uniform button down that I don't like. And it's that kind of twill, kind of like hard finish sort of cotton, you know, uh, with the really sharp collars, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm describing this correctly, but it's like, it's not a, it's not a recreational shirt. It's not a, you shouldn't be using, I feel like in any performance, you know, uh, scenario. And being in the lightweight flannel-y, kind of softer cotton, I kind of was won over a little bit. I have to admit. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's May, I mean, it's it's May Gray here too. Uh, I'll ride a bike today, and I won't think about wearing anything other than that button down. So welcome. To Do you the get
0: the difference I'm talking about though in the two shirts?
1: Uh, with the shirt I'm picturing that you described, I can't even fathom going outside in.
0: So the the. the- the outdoor retailer uniform shirt you're talking about, right? That kind well, that, of like to button, me, that short, short sleeve button down. I was just
1: okay. There we go. I was gonna say it's usually a short sleeve. Now, yes. we talked last week. I talked before. I talked about how I look. Uh, I don't look. I don't feel like I've like look great in a um, in a t shirt. Right. It's even worse with a button down short sleeve. I can't. I can't do it. Like I. Yeah. It just the way my body's proportioned. It just looks hilarious. So I don't own. Actually, I do. I'm sorry. I do own a short sleeve button down. Uh, that I ride a bike in sometimes, but it's like it's like a it's like a 1980s like football jersey level of like breathable, you know, like those giant holes you could put like things through. like, I, like <laughs> I the, talk what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, total. Or you can barely read the like Sooners logo across the front because <laughs> like the, the Our jer- demo is just so went huge. up a whole age bracket. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what it,
0: that's what it's like. That old school. Jer- it's not even
1: old, but that's it's a pearl. No, not even because like, you
0: said it, weird. because I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking yeah.
1: about. Kids don't know. Ugh, where you could see right. where you could see the shoulder pads through the jersey. Like, oh yeah, that was the stuff.
0: And they were big shoulder pads back then too. So big. So let's get into today's topic. A few months ago, I posted an essay and a podcast about Jeep and how like Jeep held the adventure vehicle crown kind of back in the '80s and '90s, heading into the 2000s, and they really blew it when they discontinued the Cherokee and introduced the Liberty. And aside from the enduring legacy of the Wrangler, they've just kind of become another like SUV company because Subaru really ascended to become the reigning championship belt holder of outdoor adventure vehicles. I mean, I, I think you can maybe argue if that's still the case, but I don't know. If you go to most mountain towns, it's the it's the dominant vehicle brand. So, and even then, Jeep, Jeep continues to try and shoot themselves in the foot by selling the good name of the Wrangler with that short bed pickup, uh, the Gladiator, which I really hate. The Wrangler's still cool. The Gladiator's terrible. But there are a ton of adventure vehicles to choose from out there today. So I thought we, you know, we talked about let's let's kind of try and break down the options, pick some of our favorites, and kind of do a little deep dive into adventure vehicles in general. So I guess starting with some background, um, what's your personal background with, you know, quote, unquote, adventure vehicles? How would you define it? You know, what have you owned, liked, not liked, that kind of thing?
1: I don't think I've owned a Jeep. Let me think about it. No, I've owned like, okay, I'm 44 years old i think i've owned like 16 or 17 cars love cars love buying them and selling them uh love buying a car and then thinking um i'm gonna have it forever and then selling it two years later it's one of my favorite things to do (laughs) my wife is really loves that too uh, about me uh but my i started what was my first my first car was a my first car was an adventure car because what sorry what
0: no no no, i was gonna say we should what what was your first car that's that's actually a great place to start
1: I, my first car that was mine—I inherited my mom's 1977 Buick Regal. Um, nice. It was already crappy, when she died and it just sat for like a couple of years before I got my license, by then it was just like just rusting away. Uh, there were holes in the floorboards; you could see the ground beneath the car as you drove. Um, I still have nightmares about having to drive that school, drive that to high school, and being really embarrassed about it. Um, even though it was amazing to have a car in high school, I was I would park. That <laughs> you still flash
0: back to that like oh, level yeah. of like yeah, worrying be, about uh, rolling in, in the in the Regal.
1: Damn it! I have the Buick, you know. But that thing was amazing. Like where where I grew up, it's not quite the same now. But there used to be a lot of dirt roads everywhere, and we would just like hammer that thing, just like try to jump it. Uh, we camped out of it. Uh, the trunk was enormously huge; like you could put whatever you wanted in there. So that counts. I mean, that was like my first rig, and it was pretty damn adventurous yeah. for us.
0: Well, it really wasn't uh, kind of. I mean, what was it? I mean, the Wrangler existed. And that was probably like. I mean, I guess well, there's, range, there's Land Rovers and Range Rovers that probably existed, but I mean, well, you, nobody I mean, thought of adventure the ninth- vehicles then. Well,
1: uh, maybe not the way we do now. Yeah, right. you're right. Yeah. for sure. That wasn't like a. That wasn't like a like a uh, segment really of the of the um, right car market. I I purposely let that car die because I had some. I had inherited some money and uh, I wanted to buy uh, like a. 70 like a 68 to 72 bronco and oh, yeah, um there you go it, and i found one and i was like i'm gonna buy it uh this will be great but before that happened my my grandparents who i lived with were like okay when the buick goes you can get whatever you want you know and i was like okay sick so i just the buick had a massive oil leak and i just stopped putting oil did uh, <laughs> you,
0: just, you just drain all the fluids out of, oh no it i died. just let it
1: happen and like i was on the highway going to lord knows where and uh, it's just very great. If you're ever wondering what it's like when an engine seizes at like 70 miles an hour, it's actually surprisingly just calm,
0: like it just ends it's the like car- dying in your sleep. It basically. Just, it just drifts it, yes. off.
1: That's exactly what it was. It just shut off. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like there was no like loud banging or nothing, nothing. It just stopped. And uh, so I, I gently got the car to the side and like had it towed. And yeah, it put a it put a piston right through the cylinder block. <laughs> <laughs> and then my grandma decided if I wasn't mature enough for four wheel drive vehicle, believe you could it or put not, because yeah, and so I, I ended up with like a Ford Escort for a while. But I owned anyway, an Escort. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: No. No. Sorry. Sorry. My dad owned it. I owned a Tempo. So I had a Ford. Tempo oh, I Ford.
1: almost said. I almost said. Was it a Tempo or an Escort? <laughs> yeah, um, my dad had an Escort
0: once, but I got the Tempo.
1: I, I I still maintain that like right now, if I had to choose, if I could choose between like a like I don't, oh, geez, like a '68 camaro that's cherry and perfect yeah with with like the classic like chevy 350 in it um versus a mint 89 ford escort gt that has maybe five miles on it i'm going to take that escort that would be the <laughs> coolest thing so that should probably be enough information for the listeners to know i have bizarre taste in cars I yeah <laughs> but
0: what, so yeah, what, was, what was the the true I first, mean, the first, like... first adventure
1: vehicle was an 89 yeah. bronco i bought an 89 okay. bronco that i wheeled like crazy uh, um and again back in this in this period in the central coast of california um, there was still a lot of just kind of open land that i don't know it was probably private but nobody cared if you drove and camped on it so we would yeah we would go wheeling all the time and camp out of the back of it um had big bonfires on the beach. Uh, it was great. Um, I loved that thing. I never really took it into the mountains or anything like that because I still didn't realize mountains existed at this point. This is I was probably like 19. But that was so like it, my first like real surf rig, camping rig. Uh, that thing was badass.
0: I love. So it. in the Regal Escort era of your life, you're surfing at that point and mm-hmm. then... I guess what what was the uh, the surf lifestyle with those type of cars? I mean, was it just like shortboard only because it's all you get in the back, or was no, it? no? Really I, like ra- I had racks, I had racks racks on it, and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like back then, it was just nor- like, yeah, you didn't need you didn't need a specialized vehicle to go surf. Like it didn't. <laughs>
0: well, you still, you still, don't.
1: you still don't. And right. like, but nobody really thought you did. I mean, like the the coolest surfer you could have back then was like a Toyota pickup, which eventually I had. You know, I went like right bronco to a couple i had a friend who um who me and a friend were like super into cars we'd work on cars all the time and he got a, a used car dealer license so he could go to like uh auctions and buy cars and and then bring them home and right. sell them like pre-craigslist days like in the um sure. trade express i think of those like those like there's trade express and another one i forget what they were called they were amazing like the the like car magazines you flip through to taqueria while you're waiting while you're eating your tacos you know it's like if you, <laughs> yeah right photo ad photo ad and trade express they were the huge ones in california and so he'd sell his cars there. So he like every few months, I'd, I'd he'd be like, "Hey, I got this sweet like Celica. You want it for like a thousand bucks?" I'd be like, "Sure." You know. Uh, <laughs> so I would just like rip through cars. But eventually, I, I settled into the classic, you know, mid '90s Toyota pickup uh, with a shell on it that I, you know, I had a couple of them forever. Uh, those were like the the real surf rigs where you could just sleep in the back. No, no, no build out. No platform. Uh, like a like a like a Mexican blanket and some pillows right on that like corrugated metal. You know, bed, no problem sleeping there.
0: No. We, we, we're we so, probably going to talk about the van life build out things. I have opinions.
1: Yeah. And that was, but that was fine. That was great. You know, up to Big Sur and camping out of that thing. Uh, and then, um, yeah. And then from there, from there, I I don't know. I just, I, that I've just been, gosh, I've been all over the place. I've had Tacomas, uh, Subarus, and then my current ride, the, a 2016 Nissan Frontier four wheel drive truck, which is probably the best of all the vehicles I've had, I think. Really? Yeah. So, but that's, that's been me. What about you? I mean, you have the Jeep. What else? Well,
0: it started with a, an 87 um, Oldsmobile Delta 88, which yeah. was my dad's businessman car that I inherited, you know, in the, in the, in the mid eighties there. And, um, I definitely didn't take care of it and I probably had, a, it had a no. similar ending. I I'm sure I was not, it wasn't as obvious that it was leaking oil, but there was probably something that, that I was not taking care of that led to its demise, that led to a Chevy Cavalier that I got for 500 bucks from a guy I worked with. And that's where I learned to drive stick. So that was, that was the worthy thing there. Wow. But it was so, but a it was
1: manual Chevy Cavalier. That's, yeah. That's,
0: 85. That's, yeah. That's,
1: that's, that's rad.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it, but also like blew the clutch out pretty quick on that thing. Cause I think it was probably the <laughs> original cl- clutch. Cause it was, this was like 96. It was by a 12 year old vehicle. And, uh, And then I got the tempo and that tempo had actually been through our family. I think my one brother got it. And then I went to another brother and then it ended up with me. Um, and then that was what led into the Jeep. Cause in between getting the tempo and then the Jeep was when I started kind of getting into hiking and going into the mountains and doing outdoorsy things. And this is, that was 99 that I got my Jeep Cherokee, which was definitely, um, like that, you know, the height of like, oh. Cherokee or a Wrangler is the most badass yeah. adventure car you can have. If again, I for surf, I understand the, the truck thing, but the trucks didn't really feel like a thing with the more like trail-based crowd. I don't remember a lot of my friends mm. having trucks.
1: Well, um, I, none of my friends had four wheel, none these two these Toyota's I had, they weren't four wheel drive. None of my friends had four wheel drive.
0: Right? Yeah, I think the that was the thing about Jeeps. was like, oh, it's four wheel drive. And you're like, why do I need that? They're like, I don't know, you just do. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so same,
1: um same today.
0: Yeah, it is kind of the same today. <laughs> so uh then the Jeep, and then if you, know, if you listen to the episode, I talk about how I I went, and like two years later, I, I, then I got a real job. I started making a you know a little bit of money, and I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna go get an Xterra, and I got an Xterra, which is oh, one of the lowest wow. moments my wife, you're bought. the one, and, like I'm one of them. Yeah, you're, I you're the it worked. I was I was you know all getting into the outdoors. I had like my like you know I would dress like it out. I got my fleece vest on, and I'm watching TV, and here comes the Nissan Xterra commercial, and I'm like, oh yeah. We got yellow. Mine was silver, but like the yellow Xterra the yellow for a while was, there yeah. was like the the vehicle du jour for the outdoor crowd. That that was like. like
1: what you won if you won like a like a Mountain Dew tour skateboard event or <laughs> totally like X Games thing. But you be like you the X Games gold and a Nissan Xterra. Well,
0: and that was remember the first season of um, of Survivor. The winner won a Pontiac Aztec, which was Holy like another shit. sort of which was that which was Walter White's car in Breaking Bad. Yeah. which is one of the worst just vehicles ever made let alone adventure vehicles but that was when these car manufacturers were really trying to like we got to have our own jeep right that's you got to have an suv
1: the aztec could have been could have been and should have been cooler it was ahead of its time i actually a friend uh, well a guy i used to work with at surfer magazine had one probably like one of the last ones in existence uh, and it wasn't like an ironic purchase i can't remember why he had it it like <laughs> found its way to him from his family it, it wasn't like he set out to to have this thing yeah um but i, I looked into it and you look at some of the marketing materials and stuff I, I wish i i should have done a deep dive no i didn't realize we we're going to talk about aztecs but they're in <laughs> the like original marketing <laughs> materials and stuff it has it had like a bunch of cool features you know like oh you, built, up, you could edit tent, you could run.
0: build off the top exactly back of it. and
1: it was like they they knew they somehow it's amazing to see like car companies kind of know what might be coming but I guess the, yeah, we did the, we ready. Did
0: the Aztec foretell the coming of Van Life? I mean, is that kind of what that Kinda, was?
1: Kinda, right? Well, I mean, no, I mean the VW microbus in the sixties. Oh was, yeah, there you go. Yeah. But but like in but for, you know, a car that you could just use as your regular car that was also like already kind of built out a little bit, like yeah. That's pretty it was pretty cool. I don't know why it sucks so bad, but it was pretty cool
0: yeah then we got a matrix which had the four-wheel drive matrix the all-wheel drive matrix which i really really liked um for a while there i was i was working for timberland and we launched this uh, uh sandal line called my own uh m-i-o-n which was martin keen's follow-up to the newport sandal because he was uh, no longer with the you know with keen ah, okay. and so i drove around a a ford uh what's their like kind of small suv front-wheel drive suv i can't escape remember name. yeah ford escape that was all tagged up like you know with the rap on <laughs> my own rap because i was a tech rep so i was driving oh. that thing around and uh which you know things you don't think about when you when you get a wrapped vehicle right like don't piss off anyone on the highway
1: yeah you can't, you, be you, the you, you, you
0: can't fade into traffic like people know who you are don't cut Especially anyone if it's off. like
1: a, it's supposed to be like a relaxed sandal vibe you're supposed to just be shocking
0: people or right? whatever i'm zipping around 93 new hampshire in. In. hey off.
1: yeah cruise in it's good
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> everybody want some sandals that's but, how we um, should all
1: drive just imagining that you're repping uh the, a very laid-back company that should be how you drive
0: right you know, sandals and cbd like that's yeah. what uh that's yeah, what that's we're how, that about. should be
1: that should be your approach let people lay in just chill that's right.
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know and then we uh what do we get and then uh then i started going down the van route and on 2016 i got a uh the ford, my, the ford transit which is you know kind of the the I didn't want to get a minivan, but I, I you know, just kind of had the sliding doors with the six seats and we could get all three kids. And the third kid really became a crucial thing, consideration with with the vehicles, because, you know, a, a smaller kind of hatchback is tough. Even we had a Forester mm-hmm. that was tough with three kids. And then today, yeah, I got a, I do have a van. I got a big kind of long base Ford Transit 350 um, that I have not built out. But because I kind of like having the seats because actually for family vacations, it's great. Every kid gets their own row. And that's their own charging station, and it's very comfortable for a family of five to go tooling around. And you can fit anything in it. Um, and it is all-wheel drive. So,
1: <laughs> what do you <laughs> use for? What about not adventure stuff? Like, what do you guys? You said you oh, have well, a Tesla,
0: right? My wife drives a Tesla, and then uh, I have, I got, I got basically the exact same model Jeep Cherokee that I had in nineteen ninety nine. I found what year found is your, Jeep current Jeep. your
1: current one? It's ninety six. It's a ninety six. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. In the straight, it's
1: straight six. Yeah. Straight, straight
0: six, six. Uh, standard, you know, so Good, gear, you oh. know, shifting. The whole day. My daughter wants to learn to drive stick. And I'm like, I'll teach you just so you know, you may never use it, but then she'll you'll... never use it. Probably not. Unless she, unless she inherits the Jeep. Um, oh, there you go. But um,
1: there's actually no reason to. I mean, there's no. like 2% of cars now are stick shifts yeah you, I like i don't even think you i believe i could be wrong i don't think you can even get a porsche that's a manual transmission anymore i think they're all they've seriously even like, so sports cars like even. paddle shifting yeah yeah see
0: i think if jeep was smart they'd ha- they'd still have a wrangler that's a stick. i mean and i remember in the, like, the 80s and 90s for having friends who had an auto i had a friend who had an automatic wrangler and we used to make fun of him like what you know
1: we were like that too we were like that too the thing is uh driving a stick off road sucks ass i mean you can do it and there's sometimes that is true. There are moments where it's like super useful. Like if you're very very good at, at off roading, there are definitely moments where if you if you have the ability to control the revs like yeah. intuitively and stuff, it's useful. But honestly, driving a stick off road is terrible.
0: Um, I never thought that before. That is a good point.
1: Modern ones are a little bit better with uh, some of the like you can just like you can push a button, let off the clutch, and like you can right, and like the car won't die, and you can kind of. But it's it's just hard. It's so much, automatic. so much better off road. But I agree. I mean we used to we did the same thing. You know, like it was absurd to even mm-hmm. consider having it. my friend's dad. This is so sad. My friend's dad. Um, my my car my car bro friend's dad. Uh, back in high school, he bought. They were big Camaro families, and they bought. His dad bought a brand new Z twenty eight in ninety three, and it, he bought an automatic. And everyone was confused. And the reason why. Was so that he could put his gin and tonic right next to him in the and not have man, it the, a the different shifter era. in the way <laughs> oh, but he like he'd be picking he'd pick us up from high school and you would hear like the clink 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 in the glass yeah. of his gin and tonic um but that's why it was an automatic cuz it had the like the stick one didn't have a cup holder right there and the automatic did
0: if you're young and listening to this which you're probably not but if you are like my 96 Jeep Cherokee is a stick and there are no cup holders in the car so if I grab like a, you know, yeah. a Waterloo or a Coke or something and I crack open a can, it's like, it's, you just it's hold in, it. I'm holding it between my legs or, <laughs> or I got the one hand, I got an inhaler this and the finger on the wheel.
1: Or like, one of those ahead. like ridiculous, like stick on cup holders, which that never work. The Bronco did have cup, my 89 Bronco did have cup holders in the, in the nice. center console. Um, the 93 Toyota pickup I had, you had like the classic Toyota where you like, it was almost like a. You like pushed it and it and it like you like yeah you i had one, one of those it, like, thunk, like the little yeah. c- the couple just popped out 93 like, that's earlier
0: for that i would have thought that would have been a little later huh? well it was
1: you know it was a limited edition probably <laughs> you know only the Oh my god, that's Talk about limited
0: editions. We could talk about like Ford Ford Explorer had a moment I feel like in the 90s too. Like that was another vehicle that I remember a lot of friends having. And then but you could get like the Eddie Bauer or the LL Bean yeah. edition, which was just like
1: They had both, didn't they? Wait, well Subaru yeah. had the LL L. L. Bean edition. I don't know if it did. I feel like Ford Ford's had both did though, didn't they? They definitely have, had Eddie Bauer. I don't know. I drove an LL Bean Outback a few years ago. I uh when I had my Outback. Mm-hmm. We'll get into this later, but I became like a Subaru off-road Dork and like, uh, I took my out back in to get a lift kit installed, and at this place in Northern California that is like a Subaru head shop, like, that's all they do, yeah. And, uh, would you they actually have like, you know loaner cars even though they're not like a dealer it was amazing so you'd go you drop your car off and you'd be like hey, we have like 15 subaru loaners maybe used this cars." Is like with sell-
0: like vw buses that does this right you can oh, like you can rent these things right yeah yeah
1: it, it was awesome you'd be like okay I- you're gonna have my car all day to put the lift on it and like here take take one of these cars and and i took a llb and outback and it was it was awesome it was like i don't know 15 years old it was great so, well so that
0: i guess you know, kind of my premise being that it really did feel like and maybe I, yeah, maybe I, no one's disagreed with me that like at the time I'm talking about with the Cherokee and leading into the time when they replaced with the Liberty, which I still like was just a reprehensible replay. The Liberty a terrible vehicle. The Cherokee yeah, is such an iconic awful. looking, the boxy look. So good. even for for its time, it felt like it stood a little apart aesthetically. Right. Yeah. And. You know, so I don't, I mean, the Explorer was around, Subaru was around, these, these vehicles were there, but it did feel like between the Wrangler and the Cherokee, it's like, yeah, but that's that's the top of the the adventure vehicle pyramid back in the, the Bronco was around, right? I mean, these things existed, but it kind of like, the, the Cherokee and the Wrangler had it. And then they I feel like they kind of blew it. If we go to today, I kind of feel like it's still like probably like the, the Subaru Crosstrek might be the number one adventure vehicle. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of, my, that's what my daughter actually has, like a lot of people drive the Crosstrek. And then you get, you know, I'm sure the, the Wrangler still shows up on that list, but is the, is the Toyota Tacoma, like, kind of the number one yeah. adventure vehicle right now, do I you mean, think? I
1: if mean, if you were making a movie in the 90s and you wanted to, sh- like, there was going to be, like, a mountain person in it, yeah, they probably would have had a Wrangler, right? Like, right. Guaranteed.
0: Yep. And
1: now Cl- it would be Cliffhanger.
0: Oh, no, what you drive in Cliffhanger? I can't remember. I think it is a Wrangler. It might be a Wrangler. It's, like, an old Wrangler, I feel like. It's or, like, old. maybe,
1: like, a super old Land Cruiser or something.
0: It, it, it's one of the, something like that. It's yeah. in that vein, yeah.
1: But, yeah, I mean, now it's a Tacoma. I mean, it's like if you don't want to think about it – I mean, you could argue the same thing about a Subaru. Like if you just want to go into a place that sells a vehicle that you can take into the mountains and not think about it, I mean, your choices are basically – well, your, your choices are endless. But, I mean, like in terms of totally. just like sheer, sheer marketing, you're, it's either going to be a Subaru or a Tacoma. I mean,
0: well, and before way. we get into the Tacoma bit, because I want to clear out and clear some space for you to uh, talk about Tacomas for a little bit, because I know you have some thoughts. But the – it's like gear it's like outdoor gear, which we've said how many times now in the, you know in the four or five months we've been doing this podcast, right? It's like it is just now the vehicles are pretty capable. The stuff that I felt like I had to have a Cherokee as an outdoorsy person or or the Xterra being maybe the best example of like let's market towards this crowd, right We've realized that now like hey the the tempo and the cavalier and you know your escort. Yeah, they're probably just capable, most, mostly capable. Like the difference is like pretty, especially if you're not going to like make them true off-road vehicles, there's a pretty small gap of performance. It's mostly ground clearance, honestly, yeah. like in terms of like where they can go or what they can do. And it's really just a matter of, yeah, what do you want? Because like between, I mean, there's there's new categories like the the CUV along with the SUV and obviously vans are having their moment. So it's like in terms, it's really just now like, what do you, it's almost like the, the clothing conversation, really. It's like, how do you view yourself and what do you see yourself That's exactly driving, what it is. Right? That's exactly
1: what it is. I mean, for the most, like you can get just about, I feel like you, any crossover now comes in all-wheel drive if you want it. And so at that point, you're right, ground clearance is huge, but you put the proper tires on an all-wheel drive, anything, and you're going to be able to do anything you've ever wanted to do. Right. I mean, you really are. Unless... There are probably people out there, you know, uh, rock crawling that listen to this. And obviously, yeah, you're not going to do that in like a Mazda CX-50 or whatever. But there's amazing videos. Uh, I love like if anytime someone I know who's an off-roader is like, I'm going to Moab. Send this video of a dude in a Crown Vic with a, <laughs> mountain bike, with a mountain bike in his trunk, like doing Hell's Revenge, which is this like terrifying slick rock off-road trail. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. So, well, it is like the gear and apparel
0: yeah. thing, right? I remember there's yeah. a person, uh, when I go up in Little Cottonwood and lived in Utah, consistently you'd see it's like a Porsche with ski racks on. And it'd be in the common, so, you, so you saw badass. that car. What's that? So badass. Well, right. I mean, it's like, but it really isn't. It's just another car. I mean, I, I'm sure they weren't up there on a three foot powder day, you know, unless yeah. they had it modified to be or they had chains on it. And then it was probably fine too, right? But it's like, it just it is like, it is perception. Perception colors so much of this, right?
1: The other thing that people, I don't think people realize is you're not going to do the things that you think you might do in these vehicles. So you're going, okay, you know what, I, 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 I'm going to get a Tacoma or whatever, or a Wrangler because I want to drive up this road I saw once or something that looked really sketchy. You're going to get to that road and nine times out of 10, you're going to go, ah, I don't, can I, Will this, uh, you're going to turn around. Like, that's just how it is. So like for the most part, the things that you're gonna do in your off-road truck that you bought, you you could do that in uh you could certainly do it in a Subaru, but you could probably do it in a Volkswagen Passat. You know, like yeah, right. Fine, because a Corolla
0: is pretty capable.
1: Off-roading is (laughs) scary, not because
0: you're gonna get hurt, but because
1: it's like okay, if I what happens if I get stuck right here? Like I'm on a I'm you're basically on a road, and like other people want to use it, and like it's not you know. It's not something that, uh, it doesn't feel great, I guess. So I think most, a lot of people buy these things without ever having really used it. And then they get in this situation where they realize, I don't think I'm really doing what this, you know,
0: this is sort of an, an embarrassing story, but uh, it's relevant. <laughs> so, um, I didn't, we were, I didn't grow up in a car family. No one in my family had owned a you know, four wheel drive vehicle, like growing up. So the first thing I, first one I ever spent serious time in was that first Jeep and, Kind of like how you might think that oh i have a mountain bike i can ride over anything everything and yeah. then you try to ride over a curb and you hit it wrong and you end up on your face you're like oh no i i guess i can't ride over everything just because i'm on this thing i kind of had that same thing i'm like oh i have four-wheel drive i can drive over any- everything and so i remember we were living in this apartment in nashua new hampshire and uh we had a pretty it was snowing we had about I don't know, a good foot of snow underground and I was kind of ripping around like through like, there's like kind of grass field. And there was no one around. I was going to the parking lot of this apartment complex. This is a total dick move. If I saw somebody doing this now, I would be so angry at them, but you know, whatever I was 23 or whatever I was. And so I started driving through all the fresh snow. And of course it's handling it pretty well, through it in four wheel drive, feeling so cool and badass. I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Uh, fast forward a couple of weeks later, I had this part-time job at this retail store and there was a pretty big bank of snow. And I would near where the parking lot was. And I'm like, ah, I'll just kind of drive up onto the bank and, 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 you know, it'll be fine. Right. Cause I, now I'm all like, not only did I think that the car could do anything now I've proven it. Cause I drove in like a foot of power. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I threw it forward a drive and drive up onto the thing. Little did I know that there had been from previous snowstorms, a pretty good, uh, kind of glacier had formed, a big frozen chunk of ice underneath. I go up over the fresh snow all gives way and boom, the car lands with my front wheel sort of hanging on the backside of this frozen block of ice about two feet off the ground, like resting right on the frame of the the vehicle. Epic. And I'm sitting there like, oh shit. And I can't get it off. No way. Right. So I go in. I'd like like can I uh, can I have, like can I be late like half an hour so I can go out and like shovel out <laughs> myself. So I'm out there like pickaxing away at the snow. Probably somebody came along with like a truck and like pulled yeah, me off. Just pulled bit. you off. And I'm like, oh, so they can't go over just anything. Yeah. Got it. And you and it. what
1: you learned is the only actual useful thing on most most overly built overlanders today is the is the tow strap or the tow yeah, hook. Right. That, that, that's right. the thing that you're actually going to need for the most part. Yeah, the the winch and the tow strap. So. We had talked about through this episode because uh, I think it was this week. It could have been last week. My kids are sick, so I don't even know what year it is. But Toyota's (laughs) announced announced their new Tacoma. Yeah. And I don't know. uh, I've owned a Tacoma. It was fine. I've owned my Nissan Frontier for uh, a little over a year. And um, it replaced my beloved Subaru Outback, which I thought I would have forever, and had modified like crazy um but <clears throat> my wife got a rav4 and i realized we didn't really need to like crossover type wag you know wagon-ish kind of vehicles anymore and mm-hmm. um so i you know I, I missed having a pickup truck and so i um i got the frontier and you know frontiers get they don't really get a bad rap they're just people don't think about them you know it's like well, I, I i'm gonna yeah, get it's a truck I'm, I'm gonna get a tacoma or a full-size like, oh yeah, I guess Nissan makes them, but maybe you see them as like work trucks or whatever. Like you just don't think about it. They're kind of have an old man look to them in a way. But, um, so a, a place down the street was selling, was selling one, I guess it's, I don't even remember what got me in it. I'm like, you know, I'll just give it a drive. And I got it and I drove it. And I was like, this is so much better than my Tacoma was like, everything about this truck is better. The engine's better. The driving is better. <laughs> the, 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 the seat position is better. The, the super old school, very old school, like dash is better. Yeah. Uh, every single thing about this truck is better. And I bought it like on the spot. I think, I think about that all the time because the, one of the successes of the frontier is, and if you own one or know anything about trucks, you know this, but they made the exact same truck from 2015 to like 2020. They didn't change anything. Mm. And so the one I have for the most part, other than like very minor tweaks to the interior, looks exactly like one from 2006. Uh wow. That's kind Which of cool. is awesome because, like, it sounds lame when you're, if you're like a, I have to get the new iPhone every month or whatever person. It sounds unbearably boring, but everything works. And like, the dashboard is laid out perfectly. The knobs on the da- everything about it is 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 perfect. It's it's been perfected over like 15 years. I don't need to change it. Why would you? You know. And same right. thing with the motor and the transmission and the and the drivetrain. Everything's great. It's it's my favorite truck I've ever owned. But. Anyway, so Tacoma's announcing the, their new truck this week. There's a part of me that, that knew what would happen, but that it would be a little bit bigger and that it would probably look a little bit more confusing, which is kind of Toyota's new like design philosophy to have a very confusing front end. Uh, the Tundra is a mess as far as I'm concerned. I think it's a, people love the new Tundra in terms of its performance, but it looks hideous to me. And so I sort of assume that's what would happen with the Tacoma as well. What I wasn't expecting was seven or possibly eight like trim-level different models you can get and they're all ugly as sh- uh, ugly as as shit um, to me, anyway. But the thing that's amazing is if you talk to so many, so many of people from my, I guess, age group that aren't easily swayed by like the new, the you know, shiniest object on the dealership. Yeah. Like all, yeah. all we've wanted for like 15 years is a stripped down, old school pickup truck that gets pretty good mileage that you can get in four wheel drive or two wheel drive that isn't overly complicated preferably a real actual truck, not like the Ford Maverick, which I'll get into later, but um, <laughs> just a very basic, like something we had in the nineties that doesn't cost a fortune. I mean, it they would sell 4 million of those a day. I don't, at least it seems like it. I haven't talked to a person who doesn't agree. I've never talked to somebody who wants that truck, but more complicated ever seven new trim models trim levels like a whole new off-road version just for overlanders even though it's already already made the trd off-road and the trd pro now there's the trail hunter uh which is terrible name terrible name (laughs) um (laughs) and it you know what do you do when you
0: kill the trail after you're done hunting it like yeah
1: and it's 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 just it's absurd i mean the the price the prices started like 28 grand for like the the basic stripped down one that like you know we've talked about that or i just talked about people would want and they go up to Mm -hmm. like at least 50 plus for the trd pro uh, which is kind of their version of like a raptor basically uh i i don't know i just it's 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 disappointing to me because it's it doesn't take any thought like it's it's just there's uh you know you basically walk into a dealership you go i've got 50 grand somehow i want to drive on forest roads is that one can I do it in that one? Great. Perfect. And they just, and that's it. And like they, Toyota knows people will buy it. The capabilities are so far beyond what anybody could ever possibly really use. I mean, I'm generalizing people will get out there and and they'll do cool stuff. And there's no question about that. I mean, there are people that actually use these things properly, but 90% of the people won't. And it's, it's just this, this overkill that is constantly like preached to in uh, any like outdoor media. I mean, like Gear Junkie is going to cover this thing and be like, the, the new Toyota TRD Pro is the best thing that's ever existed. Yeah. Outside, West Side or outside is going to do I guarantee he's Probably already written it. A story about how the Trail Hunter is like finally the truck that he's always wanted. Just like you, <laughs> nobody had any of this shit in the '80s, and everybody was fine and they were having a great time, and their cars didn't cost seventy thousand dollars. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me.
0: I'm just going to write down um, these journals. These are, so these are the journals that are never coming on the show now. Is that what you're
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> But that's the thing is it's like, there's not going to be any head scratching in, in in any articles that cover these. No, there's well, not going to be anybody questioning. Why do we need this? Why why does anybody need this? No, no I mean, this is
0: not, well, I mean, that, this is the whole like calling bullshit on the industry thing that, you know, you and I have talked about it either on the show or probably offline that like just needs to happen uh, a lot. But I think what, what, I mean, the your way you're describing it, it reminds me, honestly, it's like Toyota's version of what Jeep did to the Cherokee, right? It's like you had you had it already in the, the Tacoma. I remember friends having driving Tacomas years ago, and they liked it because it's what you described. It was kind of a stripped down. wasn't fools. Like the, like the smaller pickup truck that was functional in a lot of ways, but like not a lot of bells and whistles was affordable, all of these things. And then it becomes popular. And now it's like, well, how do we expand the franchise and lean into all these people? Now, Cause now it's gone from the people who knew, like, oh, the Tacoma's a pretty, it's a competent, good truck. Now it's, oh, I heard the Tacoma's cool. It's like, oh, here, there's now you have a bunch of options. Which one do you want? Right. And it diminishes what was. I mean, we see this all the time with like even apparel, right? I mean, look at Supreme. Supreme, I I don't even know if Supreme is relevant anymore, but there was a time when they were probably the coolest apparel brand in the United States anyway, maybe even globally, was Supreme. And now they're kind of like, they're kind of blown up, right? And I I don't want to make this into a, I think it's great if people sell out. Like, I'd love to sell out this podcast and make a million dollars doing it, right? So I think there's a, but I do think there is something about when it comes to vehicles, especially like, you're kind of trampling on what got you there, right? And I think that's kind of what you're describing with the Tacoma, you know? The Tacoma should just be like, the venerable adventure truck, right? That like you need something that can kind of do a little bit of everything and won't break your bank account and looks yeah. pretty good. Well, that
1: that first part is they've got that first part down, you know. I yeah. mean, they're 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 super, super reliable, they're super capable, I and mean, that 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 part's true. But the overly complicated part that breaks your bank account is the part that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I mean, if you look right now on Bring and Trailer or anything that does the any kind of even Craigslist, right? If you see like a ninety-eight we well, probably not quite that old. Early two thousands Toyota pickup, uh, yeah, like a Toyota Tacoma four wheel drive that has two hundred thousand miles it's still going to go for twenty grand. Like if I'm Toyota, I'm looking at that and I'm going, oh wow, really? Okay, so why don't we just you know make a pretty cheap new one, yeah, and sell it for forty grand? People will still pay. You it. could do that
0: too. Good margins. Like why-
1: you know, like, why, like, what's the point of having one that has well, a twelve-inch touchscreen and all this shit in it? Like, it just, doesn't, right? I mean, that's the old guy in me, of course. That that's no, but how it's chasing it trend,
0: kid. right? I mean, and yeah. the reason I feel comfortable even saying this about the Jeep side of it is because, so if, what if they hadn't? What if they just kept making Cherokees? Would it have just been, like, just now, like, maybe there's not as much value there, and and but they're not reaping any of the value that they've kind of created because, so I paid 15 grand for my 96 Cherokee, right? Because they're in demand since then just sitting in that parking lot two people have knocked on my door and yeah. said would you sell me your cherokee now i have a landscaper here right now is like if you ever want to sell that yep. call me first mm-hmm. so clearly like i don't know if you missed that's out exactly on, you, you, what you, i mean right that's
1: exactly what i mean it's it's like we all i don't know anybody who wants more complication in their vehicle i mean no. there's been a big huge backlash over the years about not having Physical buttons anymore on dashes, you know, like, yep, screw had me come up for when they released their, I think it was the 2020 Outbacks, was like a, a big generation change. Yeah. And my first thing was the screen's too big. I have to push like the touch screen to get the seat warmers to come on. I don't know how to get X mode in on my 2016 I had, those were yeah. physical buttons, you know, and it's like, the, I don't know, car owners or manufacturers don't seem to listen to that part. And I don't really understand like what market. Well, I don't know. The thing is, Toyota's going to sell. 20 trillion of these they're still going to sell a lot it's like, but there's not really another option i mean the like you could everything else is more complicated too the frontier now has been like redone and it's overly complicated too
0: i kind of feel like car manufacturers are looking at it reminds me and i have no data to back this up this is just me connecting dots right reminds me of when uh like iphone versus blackberry and talking about well i need the buttons right yeah and it's like no you actually don't on your phone but you know, the one reason I feel like I actually really like the experience of driving my wife's Tesla, but I know that it's the last Tesla we'll ever own because you see the decisions that they make and real car manufacturers are going to take take the good stuff and then make it more practical. Because same thing, like, okay, you want to put on your windshield wipers. We have the Y, which I know that there are different models and they have different features on them. It's all through the touchscreen. And it's not mm. even that it's inconvenient. It's fucking dangerous. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'm on a, I'm driving on a wet road and now I got to like, oh wait, I got to do three swipes to get to where versus there's a little thing right here that I just click, right? Yeah. What makes more sense for the the, the environment that you're in? It's not, yeah, I, I get the Apple One because actually the touchscreen works better on a device that you're holding in your hand and you can devote all your attention to. But, and now we're going down a big rabbit hole, but I think you're absolutely right. It's just completely overthought. Now, the, the other side of what is fun having the, the Cherokee next to the Tesla is like one is like living inside an iPhone and the other one being a completely analog vehicle. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. going between the two. And it's just like, it's because it's nice. To be like, yep. Well, I'm going to put on the vent. Remember the vent setting on your car where it just yeah. let air in from the outside? yeah that was was so great you could
1: probably if you like you if you you could probably like look through the you might be able to look through it and see see yes well i mean there's there's an element of just nostalgia here of course but yeah um there's also you know i went out ford had me come out uh last year the year before to vegas um Mm -hmm. right after the the new bronco had come out um ford ford puts on these uh I forget what they're called, the off-rodeos um, for the Broncos. And so there's a. I think they're permanent things. This was clearly permanent. This one was outside of Vegas. I think they have one in Utah. They have one in uh, North Carolina and maybe upstate New York, something like that. Okay. And it's for, like, new Bronco owners or prospective Bronco owners to drive them, see what they can do. I actually will say it was a pretty cool program. I mean, Ford does a really good job of explaining to them right off the bat, look, you have this vehicle. Don't be a idiot in the back country like that's for, literally the first thing they do when you start your your program uh you know they're like t- a two-day program or whatever is they show you yeah. kind of here's where you're allowed to drive the reason you're allowed to drive in these places is because people take good care of things don't leave don't litter like don't don't yeah. annoy other things like the second you guys cause a problem with your rigs we will lose access to we don't to get to do this anymore which yeah. is which is awesome they're, that was that part was great And then they kind of run you through, you know, everything it can do hilariously.
0: They like start with, okay,
1: here's four wheel drive. Here's what it means. Here's how it works. And my, you know, my first thought is why in God's name are you buying a Bronco? Like if this is like, like, you just leapt up 40 levels between like a a basic four wheel drive and this thing. What are you doing here? You know, Hmm. but anyway, and so they take us out and they show us what it can do. And it's mind boggling what the truck can do. And while that is kind of, cool in some ways you are so removed from the driving experience you might as well not even be have a steering wheel i mean it's like one they had really good spotters which you should have if you're off-roading in a serious place anyway but even without that it's like oh you need you need a little bit more grip push this button that didn't work push this button oh the computer's doing half of it for you anyway come on and like at a certain point you just don't even touch the steering wheel you take your foot off the gas and the brake for some of the stuff like it's it's insane amazingly capable a lot of that stuff i couldn't have driven myself down it because i I haven't been driving you know a big modified four-wheel drive for a long time and so my skills are a bit rusty but like it's kind i i I get i get the like ooh and ah and i get that that will drive people into the into the dealerships to buy these things but at the same time you're just you just put so many more levels between you and the experience that you're trying to have i mean i truthfully don't get the point of something like that you know it's like okay now i can get this seventy thousand dollar vehicle to a really far uh, I guess like a super super remote campsite okay cool you could have also just parked <laughs> the trailhead and ridden a bike you could have parked <laughs> the trailhead and walked and you would have had a much more immersive experience immersive, outdoors. yeah yeah uh at this point now I mean like you have ac you have your phone on your whatever it's like doesn't what are you even doing out here it doesn't make much sense plus all the recovery equipment and stuff it comes with it's like if you run into even the slightest problem it's not even a problem you know and, right. and I don't I don't know what it is about that, that that upsets me but that's all I can think about when I see these like Tacoma's rolling around with 40,000 dollars worth of recovery gear bolted to them. It's not even so much oh you're not going to use that. It's more like I don't know, you're like everybody that gets out of this looks the same like this macho dude who's trying to project some sort of air of like masculine competence. It's like well your vehicle's doing all the work for you man. Like right. You've removed all the you've basically like softened all of the rough edges about going o- outside. This is what this is, truck has done. It's like projecting this image of I'm a badass. I can handle it, whereas in fact you're not handling anything, you know. Right. And so I don't know. There's just something about that 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 bums me out. And and uh, you know I paid twenty two thousand bucks cash for my Frontier that was six years old and had like a hundred thousand miles on it because that's just what the used car market is these days. Right. But you know you can buy a Ford Maverick for like twenty five grand. That is an amazing little vehicle. That is an awesome little truck in quotes like that thing is great and they you know like uh, without getting too into the weeds like you know it's it's if you put that that thing on a regular truck frame it would probably even cost less for ford to make and they could probably sell for 20 grand it would ride a little harsher but it'd be more capable and it's everything we all want us meaning like the people that are tired of overly complicated expensive off-road things i mean like would for aj if i write an article about some little suzuki jimmy that you can get in in like check but you but you can't get here because they still make them people yeah. go nuts they want them so bad and, yeah and i just i just don't understand why car companies aren't tapping into that other than obviously it's more profitable to make luxury vehicles that really must be it
0: yeah but, i mean that's probably the easy answer i go. you made me think like the with the with the kind of describing like all the, the buttons and and the, the the kind of customized experience and the safety thing like you just kind of made the case for yeah less than two percent cars are stick but almost why the experience of learning to drive stick. and so I saw someone describe it recently as like driving stick is more kind of creativity and art. Well, hold on, wait, wait, science. wait, hold
1: on. You say you, 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 I think you just, you said the thing that I always find fascinating. Did you, did you say drive stick or drive a stick?
0: I think I said drive stick.
1: Yeah. That, that's gotta be regional. I started in, I started seeing this like on Jalopnik years ago and I've never like everyone I've ever talked, like in California, you say drive a stick. Like
0: no, I don't know, just drive like, stick. You drive like I'm stick. driving.
1: Yeah, but I'm you're driving a stick shift transmission.
0: Yeah, like it's but weird it's weird that you guys just you know, drop it.
1: It's so strange. Come on, man! That's, I grew up where they say thing. use
0: use guys. I mean, that's where yeah. I grew up. It's,
1: just, <laughs> it's funny to me. I, it's got to be. It's got to be a regional thing.
0: That's hilarious. Yeah, I didn't know you're about. I didn't know. No, no, I didn't know about the drive a stick versus just drive stick. I was just. Well, it's drive funny. Stick. It's
1: it's funny because I've had this conversation with other people, and they they don't even seem to know what I'm talking about. I'm like, huh? It's weird that you don't pick up on me saying drive drive stick. Well, like
0: um like the the highway thing of like the the highway name like that's a west coast thing and i remember i got so mad well that's
1: that's that's a southern california thing we don't say that up here but it's
0: it's it's grown i mean i remember like even the northwest people have said that i think it's kind of expanded Hmm. but i remember there was some movie it was was set in boston and they said something oh he was on the 93 i'm like no you're not in massachusetts if you said the 93 you filmed this in hollywood and you live in la like knock it off and who and who didn't catch that by the way (laughs) um, that's amazing this conversation really makes you feel like that that's sort of the value of teaching my kids to to drive, you know, a a train the manual transmission car. Right. Because it is someone described it to me or I saw a video where they're describing it as it's more art than it is uh, science. And it makes you more aware of the vehicle, makes you aware of kind of like what is, you know, happening around you. And I don't know, I feel like just the idea that, you know, oh, I need more grip. I can press a button and you're mm-hmm. you're probably right. I don't have a lot of experience driving off road, other than just like on dirt roads and things like that in in a in a standard vehicle. But it's like I don't know the the fact that just knowing hey well, you can slow yourself down without using a brake, all these little things like it just kind of like teaches you more that you, you I don't, just some of those skills I feel like translate even to a more modern vehicle. It just teaches makes you a better driver. Definitely, I think. it
1: definitely does. It's also more enjoyable. I mean, I love I, it. I feel this way about about lots of technological, you know quote unquote upgrades it's they're made without any thought to the thing that they're replacing like did that have did that have value in and of itself you know and my wife hates that we don't have a stick shift like we we the first car we bought together mm, no we bought a honda civic but when we first started dating i had my 93 toyota pickup was a stick shift and she Mm -hmm. you know drove that drove that everywhere and then like our first real new car we bought together was a 2012 honda fit that was a stick shift you know and like She's super. I, I don't really care that we don't have one, but she's super bummed about it because she just enjoys it more. And that for sure is a a thing that is lost. And it's not. It's not like I'm bragging because I know how to do it. It's because it's yeah. more fun to. It is more fun to drive that way for a certain kind of car.
0: No, and I think the, I mean the long term consequences, societally speaking, like who cares? It's going to be a. It's it's. Fine, I don't know. I, you know. I
1: actually I disagree with that. I I I do. I really think that, and it's the same reason I get annoyed at the at the nanny technology and in an off roader. It's like. Okay, you're going out there. You're trying to have an adventure. You're trying to experience something, and you just you just removed all the parts that that made this why you went out there to begin with. Like it's not like again, if you if your goal is simply to get to a place with all of your shit, that's not yeah. fun. Like get an RV and go somewhere else. Like if it's to it because it's hard to get there, and yeah. you feel like a sense of accomplishment because you're really far back there, and 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 you did it. Why are you doing it in a in a 2024 Toyota Trail Hunter that has 16 different like trail control <laughs> buttons, like? It it, literally a 16 year old that just got their license yesterday can do that. Like it doesn't. Yeah, that's true. Nothing there. Whereas like in your Jeep, or even my, even my 2016 Frontier that doesn't have a doesn't have a rear locker, just a standard you know four wheel high, four wheel low, very old school. You know, right? Like even that's way harder. And like at least then you experience something. You had some adventure. That was the point, right? To get out there. It's fun to drive. That it's not. It's not fun to drive these new four wheel drives. They're just. They're just too easy to drive. It just removes the fun.
0: That makes sense, and it's funny because I've had the Jeep for a few years now, and I've just been like an round town car. I don't even know if I've even put it in four wheel drive since I've owned it. Yeah, right? probably, haven't. Just been, it probably haven't. Probably yeah, haven't. Yeah, but the, but the, uh, I yeah, the best part probably about it being a stick shift is I can leave it in the driveway, and it probably will never get stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Cause someone's oh, going to get in sure. that thing and be like, Oh, I don't know how to drive this.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I do think, I do think that there is, um, you know, th- gosh, so much of this is going to be nostalgia based, but I mean, there's no car, there's not really that like car. Everybody it's weird. Cars are like a bigger part of so many people's lives than they've ever mm-hmm. really been. They're more expensive now. They're more of a commitment to have like all these sorts of things. But I don't feel like car culture really exists. The way that it did when I was younger anymore. And I think part of that is just, you're so, I just feel like removed from a modern vehicle, it feels more like an appliance than it does.
0: It, it is, but, I, but that's mostly a good thing. I mean, that's safety and reliability. I mean, yeah. we used to start my station, my that's parents' true. station wagon, go up with like a dime, way to connect like some sort of – I wouldn't start without uh, out like in, engaging with the engines that's, directly, that's, like those kinds of true. things. That is yeah. true. Yeah. And but I mean, the biggest – Safety is to...
1: big. Safety is big. Safety's enormously huge. And like my truck doesn't have blind spot monitoring or it doesn't beep at me when I'm backing up. I had to install an aftermarket backup camera because it didn't even have it. Yeah,
0: I don't have that on the Jeep, right? I mean, my yeah. we my, we had this conversation when, we were, when I definitely, my instinct when my daughter was turning 16 was, well, we're going to buy her a piece of shit car like everybody else has to drive. And then you start looking at it, and it's like, well, they become so commoditized and so sort of, to your point, an appliance. Well, actually, we can get like a mid, mid-20 teens vehicle that has a camera, has CarPlay, has all these, all these things that are going to keep her safer as a brand mm-hmm. new driver. Why would I put her in a thing that's less safe not only just because she's my daughter but also because she's still learning mm-hmm. and we're like yeah this is a worthy investment because she no, is now safer sense. driving right so i mean it's like there's the other side of it i think you you're, yeah we you always lose something for sure um but you know
1: so i think ultimately what, what bums me about the new more modern adventure vehicles is there's a lot of thought that goes into okay how can we make the interior look a certain way how can we do yeah. this with the crawl control systems how can we do that but you could have put that thought into how can we make this thing just as safe as anything else that comes out in 2024 but let's just take out everything that we don't need let's just take yeah. it all out let's just make it a super refined version of what everybody remembers from before cars got too complicated and just roll with that like you could have tried it right that could have like there's no effort i bet it would have
0: been successful it would have been successful it feels it would have been too, cheaper too and you
1: probably feels- would have made
0: really good margins
1: it feels boring and it feels lazy and it feels like appealing to the worst impulses in the consumer. You know, it, it's, it's, I, in some ways, it's like a drug dealer, like pushing things on, on people where you get addicted to it. Now you have to have it. And now you want more of it. And well, like, why is the, why is the Tacoma bigger than it was? Like, why? Why would
0: you do that's, that? That's, that's insane it does uh, that doesn't make any sense. Who thinks that's a good idea? Right, like that you're again your counter this is it's the Jeep, like look, I saw uh the patriot this morning driving around. It is a terrible it looks a little Cherokee-ish, but it's bigger and worse in all the wrong ways, right? I mean, or it looks it looks bad in in all the ways you wouldn't want it to. Yeah, I that is a um I don't understand that i mean i guess the flip side is you know now it's like vinyl coming back right it's like you know these vehicles that we like you know like finding an older vehicle an older pickup truck or a jeep or whatever it's like it's it's cooler now because they did go in a different direction um but i i do agree with you too i mean like the only thing i did uh to the cherokee when i got it is i had a you know a, a modern stereo put in it for like a cheap yeah. one you know with with a with a bluetooth and yep. uh and a so i could talk on the phone and 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 listen to my my phone um the music through my phone other than that it's exactly the same and it's great um yeah. that analog experience so i guess you know the one vehicle though that i think deserves some love on the adventure side which i think got it in this in the outdoorsy community but i don't know if the mainstream really caught on is probably the honda element that yeah. was that because because they made it they were really thoughtful and how they built that from an adventure perspective in mm-hmm. fact you could remove the seats I think the interior was such that you could like literally hose it out if you wanted to. It has a drain. It has a drain. It has a
1: drain in it. Yeah.
0: And it, I think the aesthetic of the vehicle didn't age particularly well. Like it just kind of like, it was, it was probably, Mm -hmm. it looked very kind of cool and different. And then now when I see one, I'm like, that's pretty dorky looking car. Yeah. But But they still
1: try, try to buy a
0: used one. That's what I was about to say. Right. But it's like, they, they are in demand. People love them. And it was like, it was, uh, after I had been a tech rep, but it became like the tech rep vehicle for a lot of outdoor brands um and see and that they gave up on that i think if you maybe just improve maybe the exterior aesthetic or maybe it was just too expensive maybe maybe that's ultimately what it comes down to
1: i don't know i mean it's it's interesting like why did you know i think we think we talked about this yesterday on the phone but like you know the amc eagle is basically a subaru outback you know like why didn't that thing take off other other than i you know this is a little bit before my time i think they may have been legitimately shitty (laughs) Yeah, yeah so people were had like issues with them but um I mean, a wagon with four wheel drive that could do anything—wow! Like that was twenty years. I mean, Subaru wasn't Subaru existed, but they weren't making anything like the Outback at that point.
0: I guess the last thing we should probably talk about is vans, because vans definitely—if—if they—I if, don't know if they're still having a moment or if there's now backlash to the whole van scene. Uh, I—I've kind of rode that wave. I—I think ultimately, if you were gonna just—if I was gonna recommend something to somebody doing anything adventure related, the van is hard to beat. I mean, I understand the truck uh, potential, but I just feel like if you're not using the bed for really maybe things Mm -hmm. other than just throwing some stuff in or sleeping Mm -hmm. in it or whatever, a van you can do that in. Um, We got a van and I sort of intended to sort of investigate building it out. And I just don't know why you would, I think at this point, I I, I guess if it was just me and I was going to live in it, there'd be some amenities I'd want to have. But, you know, I've, thrown down a little Amazon mattress or a camp mattress in the back of it, and then very comfortably slept back there. I actually like, you know, there's like six rows of seats. I like that as an option because it's like to be able to put seats back into Mm -hmm. it and -hmm. not just have the two chairs and like row for three. Um, I do think if you're really going to buy one thing, it's tough to beat the van. I don't really understand the van build out as a, as popular as it's become other than it's just a trend. I think that's kind of really what it comes down to.
1: That's the thing is we get caught up in like you see it and you think you kind of need it for some reason. I'm I'm yeah. sure it's like this anywhere where there's even vaguely outdoorsy people around. But my God, this town is full of these things. A- yeah, and they're all new. They're like, where's the old ones? You know, they, uh-huh. they're all like brand shiny, clean, and new. And they're always driven by uh, like a sixty year old dude. You know, because they're expensive.
0: Like they like they were they're... they were gonna get the RV, but he thought a little better of it. Maybe. Well, I, I mean, I, mean I, I, guess just... I guess I'd
1: rather have a Sprinter than an RV. I mean, I guess that's kind of that's. I mean really
0: I guess it's obvious that's what it is. I mean I get it's sucked in, right? You someone opens up the back of the built out sprinter or whatever brand it is and you got like the mattress up top and they've got like the slide out mountain bike racks down below or or like you know the the surfboard it folds down and it looks badass. But yeah. I don't know. I've never had I I've I like the flexibility i think i don't know i just feel like i can you know i can put i can put my bikes on the outside i can throw surf I've, I've packed that thing to the gills and never been able to fill it up with three kids three dogs and a shit ton of outdoor gear
1: we we, we rented a van in new zealand and i fell in love with driving a van around and it was a i'd always been kind of anti-van because i don't like sl- i don't like sleeping inside vehicles I, i'd much prefer putting it sending right. up a tent and um and uh, but we my wife and i had a before kids had a I, I, it was a Toyota High Ace, and it was amazing, and I've I absolutely fell in love with everything about it. So
0: I I get it. Yeah, um, but, and I, yeah, agree. I kind of I think
1: a van kind of is the ultimate one, especially the little ones. You know, like the little Transits, the little Nissans, those are amazing. Holy I guess crap. that
0: comes to the so what of the episode, right? If we're going to kind of boil it down to a recommendation, I mean, you you've been talking about trucks most of the time, but you also told me yesterday that your Honda Fit is probably your most favorite vehicle you've ever owned, right? So like, what do you what, yeah. if you were going to go with one, what what do you think you would go with?
1: I I mean that's the thing is that you're it sucks saying all that you're still going to you're still going to wrap a little bit of your own sort of projection of image into it right like Mm -hmm. realistically speaking my 2012 honda fit sport could get me i would say 90 percent of the places i've camped in the last few years including with my four-wheel drive and with my subaru i had before unless i was purposely going can i make it over that weird ledge on this four-wheel drive trail which i do sometimes yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be trying that in the Honda, so it wouldn't be right. Matter, but like that thing got thirty something miles to the gallon, stick shift. You could lay down in the back. Uh, they screwed it up when they changed the body style in like 2013. I think our our year was the last year of of. They only made them for a few years like this. Like they're kind of really wedgy, almost look like a Prius. I don't even know if they make fits anymore. But my god, that was an amazing car, and it was. Yeah. Like, I think it was it was sixteen thousand dollars brand new. And this isn't that long ago. No, no, um, they were cheap but it was so good for camping i mean like all like we have so many good like f- photos of us like backpacking out of that thing i mean it would probably hold as much stuff as our rav4 does now i mean what a yeah. perfect car but like if i was a if i was somebody who you know um like it's perfect for backpackers cuz for the most part most backpacking trailheads are places you can get a regular car to right so ideal for something like that you could sleep in it if you need to great viewing like a really good mm-hmm. road trip car like the the you know big greenhouse you could see out everywhere um the even like the way this they actually the speakers were really thoughtfully arranged the sound was amazing god just a perfect 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 car And like the when you have the tailgate up you could sit really well i could fit a nine six longboard in it by the way i like could you really down inside what um it was it's a perfect surf car like i absolutely can't get that i can't get my nine surf foot
0: surf longboard inside my jeep
1: uh yeah probably can't
0: actually i can no, see, i can't I can that. but the uh I still think if I came down to it, it would probably be between probably between like the van I have now or some version of that or or my Subaru Forester. I really like that Forester, but I don't know, like the best part about if you're going on trips, the best part about the van is like, you know, everything fits inside, especially if it's just you, you know, I didn't yeah, have that. Key. You know?
1: Yeah, that's a I problem could've... with the truck.
0: Yeah. right you know you don't have to worry about the bringing your bike in the hotel room or the whatever it just you know you put it all in the back lock it up and you're and you're good i mean i did even on a road trip i'll sometimes just like chain lock it to my seat or whatever in case somebody breaks in but you know i think for the most part usually people are looking for stuff they can grab and run away with um yeah. so the van is tough to be i kind of feel like though once the kids are grown up then maybe that's when i'll get like drove fine like Find the old like surf bus, the VW bus. It's just kind of fun yeah. to screw around. But you could still like fit everything you wanted it as a single dude or or yeah. a couple. Um, so wait, like, what about you? Are you you have your adventure vehicles or yeah, one out yeah. there that you still? Yeah.
1: Mm, I mean, I like. Yeah, I kind of think I do. I I, I miss the Outback because uh, you know, one thing one thing I meant to talk about, but we haven't talked about, is is just the the moxie of the Outback was so cool. Yeah. It's it's a little less so now because like built up Outbacks have really become a thing. Right. But um. You know, I, one of my f- favorite things uh, ever is like going to a spot where it's mostly hardcore off-roaders and you just roll up in your Subaru and just drive right past them. And like, oh yeah, the looks they give you are hilarious. Cause it usually it's either like disdain or disbelief or whatever. Um, and you know, the last, last, last time I went off-roading it at all was up to, I'm not going to mention where it is. Cause it's already getting crowded, but the spot I love to go in the Sierra and it's a pretty burly four wheel drive road to get to it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got the lift kit on the Outback specifically to get over this one section of this road. Um, and, uh, which were, and that was, well, yeah, that's another thing about, about all this (laughs) off-roading stuff. Like for God's sake, go off-roading first before you buy a lifted truck with all the shit on it. You don't even know what you need. (laughs) You
0: don't even know what you need it. Yeah. And
1: so like, you know, the, the Outback is great in snow, obviously it's pretty good in loose stuff, but it, it has as much ground clearance as a Tacoma, at least at the time. Um, but it's angles are a little bit weird. And so you need a little bit more lift sometimes. And so I was like, oh, I, I scraped on this rock. There's another rock. I don't think I can get over. I'm going to get a lift and come back and try it. And I did and it, and it worked and it was fine. Awesome. But this on the last time I ever went on this road, I was coming back and, you know, there's these three guys in uh, 400 TRD pros and they're all like airing down their tires for better grip and everything at the, at the beginning of this road. And I just kind of come puttering out in my Subaru, you know, like just kind of wave at them. And it's just like the, it's just such a good feeling. Yeah. Anyway, look for uh, Justin Motors uh, coming up pretty soon. I'll, I'll, you know, how hard could it be to make a car? Can't be that hard. <laughs> that could be coming. That could be coming. Like EV every kind of platforms where you. Well, you've already on the, the show. You've been EV pitching y-
0: your apparel company. You know, your mm-hmm. your small town, your your uh, your cult town that's going to make its own goods, and now so yeah, you need a right. car company in your town, right? So you may as well you may as well start making. Justin your own cars. Motors isn't
1: going to work. I got to come up with a good name, but. Houseman Trucks. No. Oh, uh, it could be onto something there. I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. We'll All right,
0: buddy. We'll see you next time. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Rock Fight. We want to hear from you. Send all of your adventure vehicle thoughts and feedback for us to read on the air. On the air? On the podcast. On a future episode, send it to myrockfight at gmail.com. Thanks to today's sponsor, Long Weekend Coffee. Head to longweekend.coffee and enter the code ROCK10 at checkout for 10% off your first order. The Rock Fight is the flagship show of Rock Fight, your new content hub for the outdoors, where you can check out all of our previous Rock Fights. Head over to rockfight.co. One more episode coming this week. Come back tomorrow to check it out. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight, LLC. We'll see you next time.